Good morning, Calvary. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Chris, um, and I work um, part-time here at Calvary doing some different things, uh, help out with the music and some of the administrative stuff and small groups. But this morning I had the opportunity to preach, um, to share with you guys from the Word of God. And so Thomas asked me a while back, and um, this does kind of put me out of my comfort zone a little bit, but uh, I, do enjoy, <laughs> I do enjoy this. Um, and so uh, just we're going to be um, looking at a pretty familiar passage, maybe to some of you guys, uh, this morning in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, it's the story of Abraham. And um, again, it's probably a story, an account that you've heard, um, you've heard before. Um, but I hope this morning that as we leave this place, we'll have a better understanding of what God was doing in the life of this man and what God was doing, not only in this one man's life, but what God was beginning to do um, throughout eternity and bringing all people of the world back into himself. Um, so, if you want to turn with me there, the words are going to be up on the screen, but we're going to start in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and in and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. And at that time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So we built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the, on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward Negev. Let's pray. God, thank you so much um, that you have given us your word um, and that we can um, know you through your word, and we thank you that Jesus um, is the true word. He's the living word, and we just ask now um, as we talk about this passage together um, that you would give us understanding into what it means and what, how it can challenge, challenge us and how it can encourage us this morning. Um, God, we love you, and we know that um, with, if, you, if you don't do anything to, this morning, God, like nothing's going to happen. Like we have no power in and of ourselves to create a really great worship service or for me to impart any sort of great spiritual truth. And so we just come open-handed and very needy this morning. And so would you please speak to our hearts and would you please um, just challenge, encourage, convict us, Lord, motivate us um, by your grace um, and by your son, Jesus. And we ask all this in his name. Amen. All right. So when I was a senior in college, um, I was here at the University of Georgia and I started my senior year, and I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was going to be finishing up that May. And I feel like, you know, that might be a, a common thing, but uh, I think I knew that it was a common thing. Like, you know, I had some friends that didn't really know what they were doing. But in that moment, I was like, I have to know what to do. Like, it was a very, very stressful time for me. Um, you know, some, I had some friends that were going to grad school that were starting applications for that. I had some friends that already had a job lined up, and some people were getting married. And there was just all, like— Everybody's life seemed to be kind of laid out beautifully for them. Um, but I remember there were many, many 
weeks where I was just like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I knew that I didn't want to go back to school, that I needed a break from that. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I didn't feel like work was the best option. Um, I mean, I guess maybe I could have just done something else, but I didn't, I didn't really know for sure what I wanted to do. Um, so I was trying to figure out what, what the next step was for me. Um, but I remember going back home. I'm from Tacoma, Georgia, and I was back home visiting my parents, and I had a conversation with this lady at my church, and she was telling me about a missions program that she had done when she finished college. And this was like 30 years ago, and she was like my parents' age. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, maybe, but I had seen missionaries come to my church, and I didn't really want to be like them. I felt like a lot of them were kind of weird, and I was like, that's just not me. Um, I had been on one mission trip, and I liked it, but I thought I could not do this for more than, like, a week. Um, uh, I didn't really want to, like, sleep. I thought in my mind, like, I would have to sleep outside, and, like, you know, I just couldn't do it. I just was like, this this is not for Chris Black. Um, So, but I had a conversation, and I kind of did the whole, like, oh, thank you so much. Like, I'll look into it, and walked away thinking, like, absolutely no way, not happening. Um, But it's funny because over the course of the next few weeks after that conversation, I had several, like, there were several moments where that, like, conversation came to my mind, okay? Or even, like, the name of the program. It's called the Journeyman Program. That kind of came to, it it was just, like, stuck there. It's like this, like, little thought um, that I just couldn't get rid of. Um, And so I remember one night I was in my apartment on Lumpkin Place right up here, wherever we are. Um, and I, I read this passage in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 12. Um, and I remember reading it, and I remember thinking, wow, like God comes to this man and says, I want you to go and leave everything you know and go to this place that I will show you. You know, like God never told him, I want you to go to this specific city, or I want you to go to this specific people group. He said, Abraham, I want you to get your things, get your family, and leave, and I will show you where to go. And I remember reading that next verse where it's like, and Abram went. And I was like, what in the world? Like, he just obeyed. He did it. Um, And I, in that moment, I thought about that conversation again. I thought about that program, that missions program again. And so I said, okay, Lord, like, maybe this is something you're kind of wanting me to look into. I'm not really sure. Uh, So I went online that night and filled out the application. And I remember even writing on the application that was sent off to this, this organization I have no idea if this is what I'm supposed to do. But, you know, it, it, thinking in my mind, oh, they'll shut me down right away because they only want, like, those that are like, ah, you know, like, what, you know, they've, they've seen an angel of God or something. Um, but I was like, okay, like, I'm just going to do it. I'm not sure if this is the right place for me, but, you know, do with it. Do with me what you want kind of thing. Um, and I was anticipating the, you know, we regret to inform you, like, you have not been selected for the Journey to Program. But one thing led to another, and then I'm graduating in May, and I moved to Brazil two months later in August for two years and worked with a church planning team in Sao Paulo, and I worked with college students. Um, And it was cool because when I read that passage when I was a senior in college that night, it spoke to me about literally, like, leaving what was familiar to me. Like, it spoke to me about picking up and going somewhere where I didn't really know where I was going. Um, But as I've read this passage over and over, and God seems to bring me back to this story and this account over and over and over, I began to see that it wasn't just a story, or it wasn't just an account of God pulling one man and putting him into another place. Um, But it was God beginning something that would 
forever change eternity and forever change history. Um, so I think when we think about God's heart for the world, you know, like I, I mentioned missionaries that would come to my church and I would hear phrases like God's heart for the nations or God's heart for all people groups. We have missions highlights up here at Calvary where we, we talk about missionaries that we're supporting overseas or that we're supporting in other parts of the country or even other parts of this city. And we talk about these things. And I think if we were to ask most people, I would say most Christians, like where do we see this like mission of God like talked about? Or where do we see this like mission of the church, of the church being sent, of, the, of God calling people out to go to other places to share the gospel? Like where do we see that begin in the scriptures? I think most people would, would point to maybe Jesus' birth, right? God sending his son, or John 3.16, like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Or I think I would have always said Matthew 28, 18 and 20. Like, Jesus said to his disciples before he left, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I'll be with you forever. But as I read this story, Genesis 12 over and over and over again and as God brought me back to this passage over and over and over again I began to realize that this was the beginning of God taking a man and sending him to a, a country that he did not know in order to bring all people back to, to himself in order to make his name great among all nations in order to make his glory known among all people groups and so I think it's really cool if we look back a chapter in Genesis 11 right? It's the story of the, t the Tower of Babel. And so in that story, you probably are familiar with it as well, it's the story of a, a nation, a group of people that think, hey, we're going to get together and we're going to make ourselves even greater. We're going to make a name for ourselves. We're going to build a tower and it's going to reach heaven. And we're going to be so great that we're going to be like God. That's essentially what they were trying to do. But what does God do? I mean, what, what does he do? You know, yeah, he, he causes mass confusion, right? He, like, scatters them out. Like, he causes them all to speak different languages. And so all these people are scattered all across the, you know, world. And, and they're speaking different languages. They cannot communicate with one another. And years and years and years and years pass. And then in Genesis 12, it says, God said to Abraham, go, leave your country, leave your kindred, leave your house to a land that I'll show you in order that you might be a blessing, and in order that all the families of the earth shall know who I am. And another thing that I think is important to point out is that Abraham himself, he was not a God-honoring man at the time. Like, I think I used to always think, oh, he was a man that followed God, and so of course God would, like, pursue him and, like, come to him and say, hey, I want to use you. I want to use you to, like, usher in, like, you know, my name and my glory to other places around the world. But Abraham himself was living amongst these people that were worshiping other gods. Abraham himself, it says in previous chapters, was worshiping the moon god. He was not loving and walking with and honoring and worshiping the one true God. And so for God to come to Abraham and to make a covenant with Abraham is a beautiful, beautiful picture of God's gracious love toward one man and his family, but the whole world. Because we're going to see that God blessed Abraham in order that he might be a blessing. And I think it's really cool, too, 
that God did not give Abraham reasons or explanations, right? Like God came to him and he said, go to this place that I'll show you. I would have been like, no, like where? Like which way do I walk or which, or, or drive and now? But yeah, God said, go to the place that I will show you. He simply gave him promises. He said, I will show you. I will make of you. I will bless you. And I will bless them that bless you. God promised to show him a land and make him into a great nation. And he promised to use that nation to bless the world. So God blessed Abraham in order that he might be a blessing to other, other people. So that his name might be known among all the world. And then this is, you know, just a side note. But Abraham was married to Sarah. He was 75 years old. And they had no kids. And so for, for God to come to Abraham and say, hey, you're going to, your family is going to be the agent through which I bless the entire world. And your, your descendants are going to be like that of like the stars in the sky. You're not going to be able to count them. And so for Abraham to hear that and then Abraham to actually believe in faith what God had told him and then to be obedient, I think is, is amazing. It's beautiful. Um, so Abraham was obedient. All right. So we see that God came to him. God pursued him. When Abraham was not pursuing God, when Abraham was not following God, God sought him out, and God said, I want to use you, and I want you, I want you to take my name. I want you to take, like, my gospel, who I am and what I have done and my faithfulness to other people in other places in the world, and I'm going to use you to bless the world. And Abraham went because he had faith in this promise that God had given him. And I love as you continue reading, like, you see the places that Abraham went, right? Like, verses 4 through 9, it's like Abraham went, and it talks about he journeyed here, and he journeyed there, and he set up camp here, and he journeyed there. And then in verse 9, it says, and he journeyed on. Like, he just kept going because he had faith in the promise that God had given him. So, most of us, right, are not being called, I don't think this morning, to uproot our families to uproot our lives, to set, go home and put our house on the market and sell our house and sell our car and move to some land that we don't know or a people group that we don't know. But God has come to us, right? We are the families that, that was talked about here. When God said, I will bless you and I will use your family so that all families of the earth may know who, know, may know who I am. We are recipients of this promise this morning. And so, in the same way that Abraham was blessed in order to be a blessing, I believe that we're blessed in order to be a blessing, right? We have, God has come to us through the person of his son. He has made himself known to us through the gospel of Jesus, and we are then called to be a blessing to other people. So, back in college, I kind of told the story of, like, God using this kind of, this passage in this account to, to, to really speak to me about moving overseas to Brazil for that time in my life. Um, and I, I made reference to always continuing to come back to this passage, right, of, you know, just this, this act of simple obedience. And I began to learn that this, that God was not only using Genesis 12 to teach me or to show me that I was supposed to get on a plane and move to South America for a couple of years and work with this church plant. But God was calling me and trying to show me, and he would continue to show me, that he is calling me to a life of obedience, and that when he promises that he will lead us, he is true to his promise that he will lead us. And when he promises to show us where we're going to go, 
he will be true to his promise to show us where, where you know, he wants us to go. And so our, I feel like our application for this passage this morning is that God wants himself to be glorified in all the world. We can see that through the scriptures. We see that starting here in Genesis 12 as he began to like redeem people groups back into himself as he pursued Abraham in order that he could be a blessing um, to, to the, the entire world. But in the same way that God went to Abraham, God has come to us. And God went to Abraham with the promise that all families would be blessed through him. And, you know, Hebrews 11 talks about by faith, Abraham left that place that he knew. By faith, he, he, he was obedient to God. Um, and I don't know. I don't, I don't think Abraham knew that eventually Jesus would come through the line of, you know, the, these families. Um, but we... Do, we know that Jesus has come, and, and Jesus has done what we could never do for ourselves. God has come to us through the person of Jesus, and we know that trusting in him and his work on our behalf can give us salvation and bring us back to a relationship with God. And so I think as we have just kind of looked at this today, like I, I really want us to ask ourselves the question, um, or maybe kind of see various parts, um, things from this passage, is that maybe God's coming to you today and offering you salvation. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you don't know what that is to be in relationship with your heavenly father. Um, but God has come through the person of his son and said, hey, I want to know you. I want you to be in relationship with me. And I sent my son to do what you could not do for yourselves um, so that I could love you, so that you could be, you could call me your father. But maybe this morning we are children of God. Maybe we are Christians. Um, and in the same way that, you know, God used this story to kind of help me move toward Brazil in that moment, God has continued to use this story to help me remember the importance of obedience. So maybe God is calling you to love your neighbor. You know, maybe you have a, a friend at, at work that doesn't know Christ. Uh, maybe there's a family member that doesn't know the Lord. Um, in the same way that God went to Abraham and God desired to use Abraham in order to make his name known, I believe that God is coming to us as followers of him so that we might be a blessing to other people and so that we might make his name known among those that do not know him. So that's my encouragement to us this morning, is just to remember the simplicity of obedience and the simplicity that God has come and God is going to lead us and that we can trust him to do what he says he's going to do. Um, and that in the same way God wants his name to be known among all places around the world, God wants his name to be known at the elementary school where I work. He wants his name to be known in your home with your children. He wants his name to be known at the hospital or, you know, the wherever it is that you work, wherever you are during the week. And God uses his people in order to accomplish that purpose. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much, um, God, that you have sought us out, God, that you've come to us, um, God, that you love us, God, we thank you that you use us to make your name known among all peoples, um, and we just rejoice in the fact that even though you don't need us, you use us, God, um, and you let us be a part of 
of what you're doing. Guys, we sing um, just one last song this morning. Um, God, I just ask that you would just encourage us, um, move us toward obedience, not because of anything we can offer or we can do for ourselves, but um, because of what you have done for us. And so, God, we love you and we thank you. And we pray all this in Christ's name.